Welcome to week three of our summer sessions. Today, I'm delighted to introduce you to our summer sessions guest, Annie Layton. Annie's a longtime friend and colleague and served many years as assistant worship pastor at Gateway in the early 2000s. She then led a contemporary church plant in Inner Melbourne and is now a professional coach consultant with Partners in Ministry. Annie is a dynamic, godly woman who always brings encouraging biblical insights for our ordinary, everyday lives. In this, the third of our summer series, Annie encourages us to consider the art of curiosity in the quest to live our best lives for Jesus as we head into 2022. Hi guys, it's so good to be here with you at Church at Home. And it's such a relief to move forward into 2021 and from all the challenges it gave us and to come into January 2022 with all the promise that it holds. I wonder if you're like me and you'd like to not just survive 2022, but thrive and live your best lives. You know, being on a quest to live your best life is not a new intention. Way back in Jesus' time, they were wanting the same things as we are. In fact, there was a teacher that came to Jesus and said, and I paraphrase, we've known and lived the Ten Commandments our whole lives, the rules for godly living. What's the most important rule? In other words, tell us what to do to live our best lives. Jesus comes back with a very simple, love God, love others as you love yourself. So with that in mind, and in our New Year's quest to live our best lives, I'd like to offer a perspective for you in moving into 2022 a posture that will change your relationship towards God, others and yourself. It's not rocket science. It's simply get curious. So you're thinking curiosity, but I've come to realise the power of it in releasing us with the limitations we put on God, the boxes and judgments we place on others and the boundaries we put on ourselves. Curiosity is about coming towards people, God and even yourself with an openness, with a wondering, a noticing, a suspending of judgment and instead choosing a way of looking that moves us away from judging us or others as either good or bad, right or wrong, dark or light, and instead holding a posture and perspective of curiosity. One that asks the question, who else might they be? Who else might I be? Who else might God be? If we can harness this simple idea of curiosity over assumptions, curiosity over holding a static perspective or judgment, curiosity over what our capacity really could be, we could see significant change and hopefully live our best lives and also impact the lives of others around us. I work primarily on Zoom and in one organisation I worked for, I'd never met one of the staff in real life until the staff party. The staff member I worked with, I I had a lot of time with them and they had an amazing, confident manner. They were commanding and charismatic and I was actually quite intimidated by their prowess. After months of working with this person, I went to a live event to meet the staff and now here was this person in real life. And they, in fact, were super quiet, small in stature and not imposing at all. Now, there's nothing wrong with any of that stuff, but it's more that they weren't who I thought they were because on Zoom it only gives you two dimensions. You miss the third dimension of the person that you can only experience in real life. We experience people in a particular context. It could be at work, church, or even from next door. And we only experience them in whatever role they hold in that context, aka as a boss, a church leader, or a neighbour. It's easy to forget that people are complex and multidimensional. 
Your boss at work is also a son and maybe a brother or even a husband. Your leader at church could be an avid birdwatcher or an artist. Your neighbour, a Rhodes Scholar. Everyone is more than just the dimension that you experience them in. It's like when as a child you bump into your school teacher at the shops and your mother calls them by their first name and you realise they're a person. You're like, what? Holding a posture of curiosity should provoke us to wonder when we meet someone, who else might they be? Or conversely, maybe it's time we got curious with someone we've known a long time, somebody we've already made up our mind on. Holding a posture of curiosity challenges us to reconsider that person, to wonder if they could have changed and maybe we've missed it. Maybe it's because we still see them as who they once were and that perspective is not open for reconsideration. You know, the basic infrastructure of a person is informed by their genetic engineering, their childhood environment and what they did as a child to thrive or survive, plus a whole lot of lived experience after that. However, we don't always take all that into account in our framing of someone. And after we've decided who someone is, from that time on, we unconsciously look for further data from that behaviour to confirm our assumptions of them. We never look to be proven wrong. You know what it's like. You have an encounter with that person and then you have your internal eye roll moment of, yep, typical, or yep, they were on brand today. But what if they're more than that? but we just can't see it because we've already decided who they are. You know, I used to live near a couple of celebrities and every now and then I'd see them when I was out. One day my son and I were at the self-checkout part of the supermarket loudly talking, for those of us that know us as we do, and as soon as we realised we were actually putting our groceries through next to Jeffrey Rush, we stopped talking out of the impact. I don't know why, I think it's just because we were kind of in his presence and we noticed that everyone else had gone quiet too. You know, he was just an old man next to me until I realised who else he was, that I was next to an Academy Award-winning actor. And as followers of Jesus, it also doesn't serve us to have a graceless, binary approach to another person, one that says someone is either good or bad, light or dark, worth our while or not. So what would happen if we deconstructed our assumptions and judgments and looked for new data with people that we meet or people that we already know? What would happen if we accepted people despite their brokenness, understanding that everybody has light and shade, including us? What would happen if we approached others with the posture of, who else might they be? It can be so easy to dismiss someone because that person is different to us, and therefore we don't rate them, because they don't think or act or believe or like or agree with me and my views. You know, it was said that Aurelius, a painter from centuries ago, painted all faces after the manner and appearance of the woman he loved. As Francis de Sales says, What would happen if we saw the face of the person we loved in everyone we met? Would we treat them differently? Can we get curious about someone else's otherness, respecting it, even when it's completely different to us and how we do life? Perhaps we've judged someone as as they trigger our unresolved wounds or pain. Perhaps we flare up or react. But what would happen if we checked in on our own heart first and got curious to see if it's our stuff being provoked? That's the problem not the behaviour of the person that we're judging. You know, Brian Simmons, who translated the Passion Translation of the Bible, says, we need to see people as aquariums, look to see if someone else is swimming inside, and I love that. What would happen if in 2022 we approached others with an aspirational perspective and got curious and asked the question, who else might they be? My family and I are into making bread, and I've always loved the smell of the dough with the yeast rising. 
But to do it well, it takes a lot, you know. You have to weigh the flour, measure it, then add water, fold it over and over, break bits off and even throw them out, and then leave it to prove in the bowl. This dough goes through a lot before it rises in the bowl, only to be transferred into the oven and cooked to rise to its full potential. But the key ingredient for its expansion is yeast, but you only need just a little. In Matthew 13, 33, Jesus teaches us that the kingdom of God is like yeast. It only takes a little kingdom to permeate our world, to produce impact and revolution. Even a small portion of kingdom is enough for growth, miracles, healing, expansion and transformation of humanity. Now, he said this because the religious leaders were expecting some massive spectacle, some audacious leader to usher in the kingdom. But God brought the kingdom in a different way through a humble carpenter Jesus to then be delegated onto us. Think about kingdom as where the domain of the king is, which brings with it supernatural authority, salvation and power. Scripture also says that the kingdom is within us. That's fantastic in that we get to be ambassadors and disseminate God's authority and redemption over the earth. But we have that kingdom internally also for our own salvation, sanctification, for our transformation too. With the yeast of the kingdom inside, we can expect to grow, heal, transform, expand and then rise. But like the bread, it happens when we surrender to the chef's hand, allowing that yeast of the king's domain to permeate and diffuse into our lives. But the yeast is also mixed in with our humanity, and that's where the faith journey comes in to activate the kingdom realities in our lives. You know, like the dough, we get measured, we get weighed up by life. Sometimes life challenges us to see if we can make the cut. There's times when we're doused by cold water, times when parts of us get broken or broken off, maybe even thrown away by us or others. There's times when we get folded over and over, sometimes to the point where you feel like you might break. But then as we steal ourselves in his hand, we, his dough, with his kingdom in us, we can rise. And as we rise, we then have the structural integrity to then go into the heat, only to rise further into the perfect shape and wholeness that the master chef wants us to be. Do you know that God is watching and waiting for you to rise? He's waiting for me to rise, watching through the oven door as we bloom in the heat, waiting to see who we are becoming. It is easy to get stumped when we're in the proving process. We can let shame, fear, frustration, wounding or just pure disappointment get us stuck and deflated. We can abandon our spiritual formation and growth. We can jump out of the proving bowl because we feel like we're not good enough. We're too broken. We're disqualified. But Brian Simmons also says, there is a higher courtroom for the human heart. It is where grace is enthroned. Don't let condemnation or failure abort your rising. You know, when it comes to shame, Daniel Considine in 1930 wrote, Never was a mother so blind to the faults of her child as our Lord is towards ours. Therefore, we should never be discouraged by our faults and failings. Jesus puts it another way in the Bible in 1 John 3, 20, 20. Whenever our hearts make us feel guilty and remind us of our failures, we know that God is much greater and more merciful than our conscience, and he knows everything there is to know about us. You know what? Quite often the areas that we struggle with are simply just places where God needs to be, so why not just invite him to be there? Rather than getting taken out by our inner critical judge, let's cultivate an awareness of the heart of God for all that concerns us, 
Let's wash our minds from unhelpful thinking with scripture and with music that talks of God's holy affection for us. Let's get out and experience his love in nature and sacred spaces. Let's talk with our friends about his faithfulness. Let's strengthen ourselves in our knowledge of his unconditional love, his holy affection and his belief in us. We're not just the sum of the worst things we've ever done or likewise the sum of the best things we've ever done. We're beautiful in our complexity, people of both light and shade. And in 2022, can we allow ourselves to be loved as we are? not as we should be. Brene Brown says this, In this life we will know and bear witness to incredible sorrow and anguish, and we will experience breathless love and joy. There will be boring days and exciting days, low-grade disappointments and seething anger, wonder and confusion. The wild and ever-changing of emotions and experiences leaves our hearts stretched marked and strong, worn and willing. So if you've been taken out by 2021 and your heart is feeling stretch marked and worn, you've got a choice to stay static and defeated, frozen by your struggles or circumstances, or instead choose to take a stance out of that circumstance and put yourself in the master's chef's hand and rise into the more. Can you get curious and dare to ask the question, who else might I be? In Matthew 26, 64, we read of Jesus at his trial before his crucifixion. The leaders were trying to trip him up to legitimise charging him. So the high priest says to him, I demand that you tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus answers him and he says, you said it. Another translation says, be it as you say. And Jesus goes on and says, but more than that, you are about to see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of God, the Almighty, and one day you will also see the Son of Man coming in the heavenly clouds. So what Jesus is saying is, yeah, you're right. I am the Messiah, the Son of God, but I'm also so much more. I will be ruling and reigning over the kingdom of God here in heaven and on earth in power and authority, and I'm coming back again. Our redemption through Jesus' death on the cross is the cornerstone of our relationship with God. But there's more. Jesus also came not just to die in our place, but to display the character and nature of God and show us the abundant life available to us by faith. Over the Christmas holidays, I flew up to see my family in Noosa in Queensland. I flew into Maroochydore Airport. I was tired, I was wrecked, it had been a big year and I was in need of a break. I then drove on to the picturesque Noosa with its stunning beaches, hinterland, markets and my precious family. When I got home from my holiday, I didn't talk deeply about the airport, sing songs about the airport, punish myself as to what I was before I got to the airport and how I felt when I landed in the airport. Maroochydore Airport was a necessary and important part of my journey, but it was not the destination. The cross is a vital and important part of our story. Jesus' death accomplished what we couldn't, giving right standing with the Father. But some of us need to start living from the other side of the cross. It's time to get out of those plastic airport lounge seats and get frolicking on the warm, sunny beach. So what did Jesus say to those high priests? Yes, I am the Messiah, but I'm also so much more than that. The more will only come as we let go of our limiting concepts and images of God that diminish our faith. It's a conscious choice 
to stop making God in our own image and to ask the question, who else are you God? And then wait for him to reveal it. There's a moment in our lives when magic genie God stops giving us our wishes, where instead daddy God allows us to sit through a few things, you know what those things are, so that in going through them, those things can never have power over us again. It's so easy in those tough times to say, what's going on God? Or why God? But there's a better question we can ask, which is, what do you want to be for me in this God? There are times when we are to ask, who else might God be? To lean into his mystery, his indefinability and get curious. What does he want to be for you? What does he want to be for you now that he couldn't be any other time? Can we break our relationship with rigidity, control out of that fear and dare to embrace uncertainty? Can we let go of our need to quantify him and his ways and contain him so that he makes sense? What does Proverbs 3 say to us? Lean not on your own understanding. Rather acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your path straight. Acknowledge him, invite him, involve him, push to learn about him, get curious and he will make your path straight. You know what's exciting about taking limits off God? It gives you confidence to take the limits off yourself and then create something bigger than you. What could you accomplish for God if you lived propelled by his unconditional love and acceptance into the more, into the what else? What could you accomplish if you allowed the yeast of the kingdom to expand you, to bring the king's domain to those in your world? So in 2022, Gateway, let's get curious. Let Jesus turn over a few tables in your heart around our understanding, around others, around ourselves. Let's get curious and embrace his mystery and let him surprise us into the more of 2022.